I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Today starts the new Supreme Court term. There's many things on the docket from a Affirmative action to election law. This is all coming after a very tumultuous year on the court uh, where trust in the institution has declined. Uh, the question is, where does the court go from here? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, as we start this new term, we're going to look at some of the specific cases that are coming up, some of the things we can watch in terms of some trends and maybe even some style and process that we'll see from different judges uh, on the Supreme Court. But I want to begin, before we go to uh, Zach Montalaro from uh, Politico, uh, to a conversation I had with Judge Thomas Griffith uh, from the retired from the D.C. Circuit Court uh, that I had just a few months ago, talking about the Supreme Court and why we should still have confidence in the court. Well, obviously, it's not in a good place in terms of public perception, right? People who follow these things and take approval ratings suggest that this is the lowest the Supreme Court's been in, in some time, maybe ever since they've been doing it. So that's, that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we ought to have, hopefully have trust in our democratic institutions. And in this one in particular, it's critically important that we have confidence in our Supreme Court and our federal judiciary. And, and my view is that we should, n- not just as hopeful pie in the sky, you know, let's all be nice to one another. No, because this Supreme Court merits our confidence. And when I say this Supreme Court, I'm not talking about just the Roberts Court. I'm talking about, you know, the last 20 or 30 years or so of the court and even beyond that. I think the Supreme Court has acquitted itself really well uh, in in the history of the Republic. They're not perfect. They make mistakes. Uh, They get outside their lane uh, on occasion, but generally speaking, I think we should be proud of the work they've done. Again, that's uh, former D.C. Circuit Judge Thomas Griffith. And uh, now I want to go to uh, the court now, where we are, and some of those cases that are coming up, two cases in particular that will have some significant ramifications for 2024. As I mentioned, uh, Zach Montalero is a state politics reporter at Politico. Great piece today talking about some of these cases. Uh, Zach, thanks for joining us and uh, give us some insight into these two cases uh, that the court will hear uh, that are going to help shape or reshape 2024. Yeah, thanks for having me. So we have um, two big election cases on the docket this term. The first one will be heard uh, tomorrow. So this time tomorrow, we'll be, we'll be all done with oral arguments. And that one's on racial gerrymandering. Um, the short version of the suit is that uh, in Alabama, a group of black voters and black community organizations are suing 
uh, or did sue to try to get a second uh, majority minority district in the state. About 26% of Alabamans are black and only one of seven of the districts um, have a black uh, majority of voters. Um, a lower court agreed with them saying that, a that there should be a second district. Um, the Supreme Court set aside that, that lower court argument for now and will be hearing this case. Um, and it has a bigger ramifications around just Alabama. Of course, this case will decide how Alabama's maps are drawn, but the bigger picture is that it will also decide really the power of the Voting Rights Act. That's that 1965 piece of legislation that was really influential and important for building up black representation. At the core of the suit is how powerful uh, the Voting Rights Act is in the 21st century. Um, and then the second suit, which we've not been scheduled yet, is called Moore v. Harper, and that's out of North Carolina, also on redistricting, so also on drawing the map lines. There, the state Supreme Court uh, threw out the map lines and effectively redrew them on their own. State legislature is suing there, saying, no, you can't do that. Uh, and what this case will do, it, it, it's a test case for a once novel, once fringe legal theory over the power of state Supreme Courts. In North Carolina, the legislators there are arguing that State Supreme Courts have no right to check uh, to check their work, basically, that, that they should be uh, uninhibited by the state judiciary and only the federal judiciary can rein them in. And that that's really, um, it was once a fringe legal theory that's quickly get, gaining a lot of um, adherence, at least on the right. Yeah, I think that's uh, going to be really interesting. Uh, of course, a lot of the focus has been on the uh, Alabama case that you mentioned first. Uh, in terms of that representation, uh, what happens in terms of the the, the influence of that 1965 Voters' Rights Act. Uh, and as you look at that, is there anything that you're anticipating or is there anything that you're particularly watching for as those oral arguments are made on the Alabama case tomorrow? Yeah, so without without, without diving too deeply into it, we have um, – there's, there's been decades-long principle on how you test or how you test the necessity for a community needing its own you know representation in Congress, basically. And the short version is that – it's a large enough minority community that is politically coherent, that is otherwise stopped from having representation. That is, in a short sense, what the test has been. And that test has been in place for decades. And this court has really signaled that they're going to revisit that test and perhaps set a new one for how you determine that minority voters are having their, it's called vote dilution, how you determine that their, their power of their voting is being diluted. Um, all signs point toward this, you know, formation of the Supreme Court, making it harder for minority groups to bring uh, challenges to to election maps. The, the Roberts Court in general has rolled back the Voting Rights Act at just about every opportunity they have gotten over the last decade and a half. The Voting Rights Act of you know 2005 is a much stronger one than the one that we look at today. Um, but it's it's to what degree, basically, does this court, you know, reset the test on how um, minority groups can challenge uh, legislative maps and congressional maps and things like that. Yeah, I think that's, that's going to be so interesting to see, uh, uh, as always, the how the cases are made. And then, of course, what we all tend to watch is who asks questions uh, and uh, how are those questions asked. It was interesting to note today in her uh, first day formally on the bench, uh, Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson uh, did not hold back. She uh, regularly engaged, asked some pretty significant questions. Uh, anything you see coming from uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson in uh, some of these early cases in her time on the high court? Yeah, Justice uh, Justice Jackson doesn't have a, a long, long, super long history with um, redistricting. I believe she had a couple of his cases in the lower court, but not, you know, a well-built-out um, 
uh, caseload. But, you know, it, I think it's probably fairly comfortable to say that uh, Justice Jackson will, will end up in the minority with Justices Sotomayor and Kagan, you know, in, in a 6-3 court at this point um, on something like the case tomorrow on, on Merrill, where there is really no demonstrated, um, you know, or, or not dramatically different and demonstrated um you know, shift among the conservative justices. They're all more or less grouped up together. It looks like that's where we're going. I, I think the biggest question, both for Justice Jackson and for the most of the bench, is that later case that we mentioned, the Moore case. Um, you know, that independent state legislature theory has gotten pretty significant buy-in from Justices uh, Thomas and Justices uh, and a couple other justices. But Justice Roberts is still a big question mark. All three of the liberal justices or, you know, and, you know, if they try to find a, a middle ground with Justice Roberts and maybe a Justice uh, Amy Coney Barrett, who has not really weighed in on this before, right, right. that's the case with the most questions. Yeah, that's going to be fascinating to, to watch. And uh, you also noted in your reporting uh, today, Zach, that uh, uh, one of those things we don't think about very often, that uh, uh, Justice Samuel Alito will actually testify about the court's budget during uh, during a hearing. Yeah, you know, it's rare that justices make public appearances, but um, Justice Alito is one of those justices that has um, time after time kind of made his opinion known off the bench. You know, him and Justice Kagan, I think, have done uh, kind of, I don't want to call them dueling, but opposite public uh, appearances. On on the judiciary and kind of their vision for the judiciary, which, which is which is relatively unusual. I think it was the the journal, the Wall Street Journal, that had an interesting story last week about just how public justices are are you know kind of grappling with each other right now. It's kind of a new era for the court that the justices are you know not just confined um, to behind closed doors. You know, normally we don't see those behind closed doors uh, deliberations. Um, we did a little bit last term <laughs> my own publication that I had nothing to do with, but publishing the draft of, of, of the Dobbs decision was a rare peak behind the window. And now we're increasingly seeing these justices kind of step forward at least a little bit more uh, day after day. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. Zach Montalero, state politics reporter at Politico. Uh, Zach, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Uh, and Zach raised a really important point right at the end there that uh, we are seeing more of the justices speak out in public about some of the things that are happening there. And this is one of those additional areas, in addition to the the leak, I think, that undermined a lot of the cohesiveness of the court, um, where now justices have to question, you know, is what I'm saying behind closed chamber doors to my colleagues, is that going to end up in Politico or on the front page of the New York Times? Uh, does that change the conversations? Do we lose that ability to persuade uh, and to have real debate and discussion, that's going to be interesting. And then if suddenly we have justices dueling in public, uh, what does that do to the credibility of the court? Those are all things that we got to think about and think again about. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. 
In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.